Welcome to the Get Offset Podcast. My name is Emily. My name is Andrew. And my name's Bruce. Oh, yikes. I'm kidding. There's Where did no that come Bruce. from? I was like... <laughs> Finding Nemo? Uh, uh, Fish are friends, not food. That. Yep. Just say the shark from Finding Nemo. I don't, I don't do names. Well, you should. Yeah, you're right. You are... You're very right, and I'm very wrong in this matter. Well, okay, fine. I'll I'll, I'll pick my battles. <laughs> you just won. It's okay. And I picked well. Obviously, obviously. And I chose poorly. Another movie reference there. Yep, I'm, I'm, I'm choosing not to go down that rabbit hole. Um, oh, okay, but you, you get that one, right? I think so. Then tell me what it is. It sounded like the um, Battle uh, of the Wits from Princess Bride. No, it was um, from Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. The Crusader says he chose poorly. Oh, that's right. Yes. I should know my Harrison Ford movies better. Oh, yes, you should. We need to keep talking about Harrison Ford, but I feel like we exhausted that in a previous episode. Yeah, I know. Every time I think about Harrison Ford's uh, acting history, I think of uh, there's a, a spinoff Star Wars movie called Fanboys, and they're arguing about whether or not Harrison Ford has ever done a bad movie, and like in in their van as they drive past a billboard for I forget which Harrison Ford movie it was. It was one of those just like compl- it it just tanked at the box office kind of deal. There was one where he was like a newscaster and I think maybe it had Anne Hathaway in it. And I will say, and I can acknowledge this, not a good movie, but a movie I enjoyed watching thoroughly. And if it was on, I would watch it. I would watch it all the way through. I think it might have been. Let's see here. I'm going through his movies history now. Um, I can't. Remember, anyways, there's a billboard for one of the uh, less memorable movies he's ever done. And I thought that was a very funny, very funny movie. First person to send us a message with what movie Andrew is talking about, I will send a get offset one inch button to. Aw, that's sweet. Yes. And to yes. clarify, we're talking about the movie featured on the billboard in Fanboys as they're arguing about whether or not Harrison Ford has ever done a bad movie. Mm-hmm. Bonus points if you send proof. Extra bonus points. Extra bonus points. Um, awesome. So uh, what are you drinking, Andrew? I, I'm drinking water. Uh, and I will be drinking water and other non-alcoholic varieties until Easter. Oh, you gave up alcohol for Lent? I did. Mm. Yeah. Um, so uh, we're, we're at a week and a half in. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Dry as California's um, irrigation systems. How you feel? How's your complexion? Honestly, I haven't noticed that much of a difference and I haven't lost any weight. So, mm. Well, I, it's my understanding when people give up alcohol, sometimes their sweet tooth um, intensifies. Oh, that definitely happened. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I went out for a late night craving hunt to, and I was deciding between donuts or ice cream. And I ended up with all of that plus pizza. Mm-hmm. 
from multiple different establishments. It was yeah. it was an outing. I'm uh, sure. Yeah. My favorite part about that whole outing, though, well, I was happy with it, but my best, the best part of the whole outing was, I saw someone in the aisle at Safeway with a mohawk man bun, and I wanted to go introduce myself and be friends, but I chickened out. Aww. But it that was, is that is intense. That's like I just well wanted done. to know what kind of a person like would be willing to commit to that level of, wow, okay, you do you. Yeah, I admire that. It's like I, I think about twenty three was the age where I stopped judging people for that kind of stuff and just started admiring it. Yeah, I wasn't sure what to make of it, and um, they they disappeared. I, I actually went back around the store for a loop to see if I could find them. And just tell them that their hair was cool, and then mm-hmm. to back away awkwardly and say yeah. something very loud, spontaneously, like "God save the queen," and then run. <laughs> um, so instead, I settled for uh, telling the cashier that taxation is theft when they asked me to play Monopoly. Uh, <laughs> how'd that go Which, over? Uh, it was really awkward. I don't actually believe that taxation is theft, but it was a really great moment of pure awkwardness. And uh, I just really enjoy those moments where I, I just get to look at someone's face who I'll probably never see again. That's a lie. I shot there all the time. Oh, go- yeah. oh goodness. This this just made my grocery outings a lot more awkward. Oh, you yeah. think that they have the energy to remember that? Uh, you never know. Yeah. I think it was definitely a highlight of their day based on the look on their face. Mm. Um, <laughs> yes. So anyways, that's my that's my story about what I'm drinking and what I'm not drinking. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm pretty happy with it. So nice. That's great. Um, I don't give up anything for Lent because I don't practice that. But um, there's a band that I like called the Hold Steady, and they're one of the refrains in their song is literally "I'm gonna walk around and drink some more." And every year the singer gives up alcohol for Lent. He's Aww. pretty religious. Yeah. Well, um, I am also drinking water, but it's just a smidge of water. I've put into a Crown Royal whiskey. Ooh. Whiskey and water. And this is in honor of uh, someone who used to had listened to every single episode uh, and sadly will no longer be listening. My grandmother listened to every single episode from our inception until um, she went into hospice, I'm sure. So she was an avid listener. She really enjoyed it. And I I know that she did not know, like, what really we were talking about. She was not really a musician. Um, but this, you can never beat that um, support that you get from loving family members. And so she died on Wednesday after a long illness. And... This drink is for her because her go-to was always seemed to be some sort of a Canadian whiskey and water. Cheers to Bonnie. Cheers. Mm-hmm. Yep. So um, that's been hard. And if you're a member of our group, our Facebook group, which is uh, Get Offset Podcast, um, that is the reasoning behind that post I had. It was a poll, and I and then I asked. What should I buy to make my sad less sad? So that kind of goes into the what's new. I um, ordered, I haven't received it yet, 
the Fairfield Circuitry Meat Mod. And that's a mo- analog modulated delay, and the modulation is random. It was the winner in the poll. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Have you heard of that company? I have. Um, I actually I follow them and Doug, who's the guy behind it on Instagram, Doug Tuttle. Uh, he is a mad genius, and I'm a huge fan. Yeah. Um, my Twitter buddy, Jim Bryson, who I'd love to have on the show. Um, sorry for the name drop, Jim. Uh, told me about it because he has one and loves it. And I saw one for a decent price on Reverb. So sorry to Doug for not buying it new. Um, but I'm really excited. As, as you should be. That's uh, He's definitely... Uh, Fairfield is definitely one of the companies that I want to get my hands on something. I've never played any of their stuff. Yeah. Um, but I'm just so, I'm intrigued. Yeah. One of the things I'm most excited about is that it has an effects loop. Um, so you can do a send return with one of those Y connectors. And I, I got one to use on my bookworm effects, Multicano. That's the um, reverb. I think it's a, maybe a spring type reverb with um, fuzzy trails. And it's just really hmm. cool. I like putting really weird pedals into it because it um, mellows the weirdness, but you still get like that essence of it. So I'm really looking forward to, to playing, especially with the effects loop, because it's really cool in the Multicano. Um, and I feel like I'll be able to get even more of it with uh, the delay. I'm try- I, I just imagine that like uh, a fuzz and a spring... There's like a lot of drip and a lot of fuzz. There's like a moist fuzzy. And now I'm thinking of moss and mold. And, you know, I don't know if I love that idea or if I hate idea, but regardless, I want to hear it. I love that idea. And um, if you listen to uh, the first track on my demos EP, Self-Objectification with No Remorse, I do something um, with that hard pan to one side and it is um, sort of an ode to Twin Peaks. So um, it's called Ode to an Owl, weirdly. And that's kind of the vibe I was going for was dark night, mossy trees, Douglas firs, cherry pie. Hmm. How about you, Andrew? What's new with you? I just, uh, I'm doing a lot of hours and a lot of work into trying to get Fox Cairo rebooted, which I'm very excited about. I've done a ridiculous amount of research into the business side of things last month. Mm-hmm. Uh, and shout out to Curtis Lamberton, who has been such a sweetheart for allowing me to bug him with all of my questions about what that looks like specifically in Washington state and what, what my options are at what point I need to register, what different types of registration, uh, all, all kinds of different stuff, different ways to account uh, for accounting, which is not my strong suit, uh, mostly because I have a hard time convincing myself to do it. Um, but yeah, no, it, it's been a great learning experience. So I just built a board and it's actually not a functional board. It's just a, a photo shoot board. Uh, I just sold a bunch of my cables and I've got some DIY patch cables. I've got some SP400 heads, uh, plugs, and some Canair cable. And I don't want to i don't have time to solder that all together right now but i do have the plugs so i've got the plugs into the wet row of the pedal board 
but there's no cabling on them. And if you look really <laughs> closely, you might notice, but then just, it's going to be for a photo shoot to go up on the front of the website. I'm going to do that uh, pretty shortly after we're done recording this episode. And I'm hoping to be able to start taking orders uh, in the next week or two. Nice. I feel really bad. I, I My goal was to come back March 1st. And then within the first about two weeks into the research and uh, business planning and trying to round out that side of things, I realized, oh boy, it's, it's not happening by March 1st. Yeah. Um, so I... I overpromised I've underdelivered on my timeline, but it's it's not been for nothing, and I'm really really excited with uh, how much I've learned and where it's going. If I feel like if there's anything to be learned, it's that it's better to do it right than to do it quickly. Yes, always. Yes. Mm-hmm. I feel that. Yeah. Well, that kind of I feel like in a way goes into our sponsorship. Mm-hmm. Maybe not. I don't know. Um. Let's, how do we tie that to Jennings guitars? Um, we tie that to Jennings um, just by jumping straight to Jennings. Yes. Uh, yeah, where to begin with Chad? Chad's great. Chad actually just spent uh, a good day yesterday with uh, our, our friend of the show, Mike Adams. Yesterday, it was really cool to see pictures from their adventures together. Oh, um, I didn't see those pictures. I'll have to look them up. Yeah, it's always cool to see uh, friends of the show get together and hang out so chad's great chad makes his the whole shtick with jennings is he makes uh he's the only guy in the shop right now he makes everything by hand top to bottom and we did an episode with him talking about the the length to what by hand means and Mm -hmm. so if you haven't listened to that episode go and do so everything is incredibly reasonably priced i would even say it's underpriced for what you're getting it's a made in america Uh, i mean it's cheaper. Like, I think their navigator is cheaper, which is their Telecaster. Uh, their take on a Telecaster uh, is cheaper than an American professional, which I think is going for like sixteen fifty these days. Yeah, and you get to so. customize it. So if you want this finish or that color or these pickups or those pickups, you can. He'll, he'll do it for you. Yeah, I, I, I don't. Yeah, I don't know why I, I love Fender to pieces, but unless they can bring their prices down, there's no way I'm going back to Fender as mm-hmm. long as chad is offering stuff at the prices he's offering i mean that you just can't beat it yeah that voyager deluxe is and that's sort of an offset with a with a a semi-hollow body it is and i'm trying to get my uh my cash together to buy one from him Mm -hmm. sometime in the next couple months nice i'm I'm pretty excited you'll have to let me play it and i will uh in tune and in turn uh let you try out the guitar that i'm getting from a non-sponsor but still friend of the show in june layla right layla from tuna tone um so the plan is i'm going to take the train up to see her at the vancouver guitar festival and at the end of june and uh apparently the guitar that she's building me is going to be her show model so she'll be showing Ooh. that, and then I get to take it back with me on the train. Um, I'll be staying with her and a friend uh, while in Vancouver. I think I'm just doing overnight. So if anybody out there um, listening, if you're planning on going to the Vancouver Guitar Festival, let me know. I'd love to hang out. Um, I'm hoping to capture some kind of content or get some sort of like writing gig while I'm up there. Um but whether it's for the show or for somebody else, uh, 
yeah, I'd love to, to hang out and, and chat, um, whether or not you're a builder, uh, just about life and guitars. I think that would be fun. On the topic of builders, do we want to get into our topic for the day? Yeah. And you know, the Vancouver Guitar Festival goes very well into that, not just because Layla is going to be showing, but um, a big player in that festival and one of the driving forces behind it, to my understanding, is another woman who's a great luthier named Meredith Coloma from Vancouver. Uh, So it's March. Do you know what that means, Andrew, other than Lent? Um, that means March Madness, which oh yeah, I don't follow whatsoever. Well, it also means it's Women's History Month. Yay! Yay! Um, I think it's very. I think Women's History Month is important. Um, just like I think um February is important for Black History Month. Um. And I, I I feel bad about snoozing on, on, on Black History Month because there's so many great players and builders and everything. But February was a rough month for me. Don't want to get don't want to make it too personal. But um, this week or last week, I uh, yeah March eighth, I had time to put together a few lists. And March eighth is was International Women's Day. I put together two lists. One of a few players I like a lot. And then I also put together a list you can find at getoffsetpodcast.com, just a list of women builders. And this is a list of guitar builders, uh, pedal builders, people who make straps and accessories, women who make amps, um, you know, cis women, trans women. Just I tried to make this list as inclusive as possible. And this is something that I've heard other people say that they wish they had for a really long time. Like, why isn't there just a list? Like if I want to buy a new thing and I want to support a woman, um, how can I do that? How do I know who does support women, who doesn't, who hires women, who doesn't, uh, what businesses are owned by women or co-owned by women. So I, I, I put together this list um, and I've been really excited because I keep getting people uh, reaching out to me, asking me to to add them to the list or add this person or that person to the list. And I'd really be so excited if all of our listeners went to the website, looked at the post about Builders to Support for Women's History Month, and let me know, who am I missing? Because I would love to make this uh, an actual resource for like a living list of women who and non-binary people who are you know building and who are a part of this community and maybe don't get all the attention that they should get there's some great builders on that list so yeah and some might definitely and some mentioning. might surprise people too like were you surprised by any of them andrew nothing comes to mind immediately uh, i know i knew about half of them yeah and i was i i think what i was surprised by was uh, the fact that I wasn't aware of about the other half. And so I spent a little bit of time going through the websites and just thinking, wow, how did I, how have I never heard of these people? Like, this is awesome. Yeah. Um, PRS is what that personally surprised me, but she shreds just did a whole, um, either a large article or a series on all the women at that company who, who make it work, including women in leadership. So that's something I recommend reading. Um, Pedals was 
was interesting. I, I feel like there are a lot, well, not a lot. Um, well, yeah, there are a lot of women who are luthiers on their own and sort of build on their own. That was a little bit harder to find with guitar pedals. There were a couple, but um, it seems, and there's something wrong with this, that that few include um, Heather Brown Electronics, Frantone, and Rabbit Hole Effects, and um, Third Power, which is technically an amp company based in Nashville. Which I've heard nothing but good things about. Heard great things about. Well, they don't even just do amps. I thought they just did amps, but they do... um, uh, like drive pedals and she winds pickups what yeah they sell See, i've only ever i've only ever seen the amps i've never seen anything else from them i know and it's the other i think the other day aaron abubo from the gear slum was asking about people like small shops that made pickups and i didn't even think about third power yeah that's crazy yeah and then there's a company called phantom chips which is more like synths which is still really cool. It's wearable synthesizers. What? Yes. I mean, as women, we want to be fashionable, but don't we also want to be functional? I mean, working. I get one. I want one. I do too. I don't know much about synthesizers. It's so intimidating. I want to learn. I have, I, yeah, I, I took theory in college. And I'm not a piano player by any means, but we had to learn some basics or learn all of our theory in relation to piano keys. Yeah. Um, so I have a lot of fun dorking around with intervals and stuff because intervals aren't difficult. I mean, it's just a couple of couple notes, uh, maybe some triads, but I understand the basic theory behind it. And my fingers can keep up on that level. So, dorking around with intervals is going to be the name of your, your synth based rock album. Yeah, or, or we could call it "Synth You've Been Gone." Oh, and then just do entirely synth covers of classic, classic songs. Yeah, I kind of like that. Huh. You know what goes great with synths? Dwarf craft devices. Oh. Yes. Um, and I love playing. I, I love hearing. Div- I love playing their pedals. I love hearing their pedals played with with sense, especially since Ben tend to does tends to do um, uh, some of their videos on, on his synthesizers. One of my favorite because I've got so I've got a little Casio keyboard I'll use to just um, play around with my effects. I'll just run it through my whole effects board. And mm. by far, my favorite combination is. Uh, my data corruptor and my uh, pyramid splanger from Earth- both of those are from Earthquaker devices. Your unusable pedals. They're so usable with synth because mm-hmm. the uh, it's not an arpeggiator, but it's kind of it's like an arpeggiation of just the flange half of the sound. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that, that that's an option? It's uh, there's a step mode and a random mode where it like randomly arpeggiates or step arpeggiate arpeggiates the uh, the flange. Yeah. And if you run it full wet, it kind of just works as an arpeggiator. So I run the data corruptor into that, and huh. I just get crazy step mode arpeggiated nonsense that's kind of filtery. And then if I take the next step further, I'll run that into the avalanche run in full stereo. Uh, and then it just full soundscapes. It gets nuts real fast, Ooh. and I have a lot of fun with it. That sounds nice. 
yeah, that's the kind of thing you just kind of put on headphones and just zone out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like that. I like that a lot. Um, yeah. I'm just, I'm really proud of this little list I put together. Uh, I feel like. As you should it, be. I feel like when it comes to Women's History Month and International Women's Day, um, I tried to, in the groups I was in, start threads, like, name your favorite women who are players. And that never disappoints. I always find out about new awesome women. Um, so it, it's really fun for me. Uh, I feel like builders get talked about a little bit less. I would love to just like quickly kind of go through some of this list if it's okay with you. I think that's an excellent idea. Yep. So first on the list, because how could I not make her first? Layla from Tunatone Instruments. Um, Layla is, you know, kind of a new builder in terms of just how long she's been doing it. Um, but gosh, her guitars are so unique and so lightweight and affordable. And I'm pretty sure her build schedule is full through 2019. So if you're interested in a build from her in 2020, I really recommend uh, reaching out to her sooner rather than later. Uh, Meredith Coloma, I also mentioned, she's a very skilled builder up in Vancouver. Um, she even offers guitar workshops and she's not even 30. So she, man, makes me feel like I've been wasting my life. But I would really love to go to one of her, um, I think she does like seven day workshops where in the end you have a fully built guitar. So that's something I would love to do. I've seen pictures. Um, it looks pretty great. She also does acoustic workshops, I believe. And I think ukulele workshops. Hmm. Megan Wells, who I believe uh, is also commissioning a guitar from, from Layla at Tuna Tone. I think our guitars are going to be built side by side, which is really makes me geek out a little bit. Um, if you want to learn more about Megan, check out Adam Roar's podcast, Let Him Hear. He did a great interview with her. Um, and she's based out of California. Eve Meister out of Montreal builds uh, steel string acoustics and lap seals, which is dope. Um, and Linda Manzer has been making guitars in Canada for over 43 years. She's known for her arch tops, flat top acoustics, and crazy harp guitars. Um, like when she went, she made for Pat Metheny has uh, 42 strings and three necks. Wow. I can't. You'd have to keep that uh, temperature and humidity controlled, if nothing else, just so you don't ever have to tune it ever again. Oh, right. Can you imagine wow. if everything went flat like 30 That's cents. <laughs> oh, well, then you just wouldn't be playing at 440 anymore. Which is the only way to play. <laughs> I once worked at a guitar event and someone really wanted um, one of the speakers. I'm not going to name names to, to play. And he was really excited. He was talking to the person's uh, assistant who's just, you know, she, she's a woman, but she's not a guitarist. She doesn't know. And he, he's trying to tune the guitar for this person. He says, do you know if he plays in, in 440? And she looks at him. She's like, I, I don't probably, I guess. And then someone else there was like, I'm sure he plays in 440. It's like, oh gosh, uh, I digress. But did they? Well, yeah, he played in of course he plays in 440. <laughs> Every once in a while I meet someone who plays in 432 and is very proud about it. Yeah. The only reason why I know they play in 432 is because they tell everyone. 
Yeah, I will say the the person is someone else we've discussed on the show recently. Um, Nicole Oloznak, I hope I'm saying that right, Nicole. Um, Just another incredible Canadian luthier. I don't know what they put in the water in Canada, but I need it. Um, But she's a legend. I think it's kindness. Oh, yeah. Politeness in the water. Oh, yeah. Uh, Oh, yeah, sure. Um, oh, that reminds me, real quick, I, I have a, a Canadian story to tell. I want to hear this Canadian story. Very briefly. Uh, I So I was at work, uh, this is probably two or three weeks ago, end of the day, kind of exhausted, and I'm going uh, going to the restroom, and I go to open the restroom door at the same time someone inside opens it, and they're like, oh, sorry about that. And I said, <laughs> and without thinking, just my brain wasn't there, and my filter was off, I was like, oh, Canadian, are we? And and I like there's instantaneous like I froze and like oh my god I am going to die, and they're like oh you betcha and just kept walking. All right, it's like <laughs> I feel like if, if anybody like if I, there's so many different ways that could have gone wrong. Uh, yeah. So thank you Canadians for being graceful with my lack of grace. <laughs> they're the best. It was pretty phenomenal. Once Rick and I were in Canada and we were getting dinner at a restaurant before the a Julian Baker show and we'd realized we misjudged when doors open. So we were just kind of mm. eating at our table and just kind of buying our time, just ordering more drinks or whatever. And one of the waitresses comes up and she looks real scared. She's like, I'm really sorry to ask you this, but uh, can we have this table? We'll buy you some more drinks at the bar. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That sounds like a great idea. Thank you so much. And... That is how you kick somebody out of a table by offering them a drink at the bar. We were about to leave. We would have left without the free drink, but you know me. Look at you taking advantage of the hospitality of Canadians. Mm -hmm. Yes, I will do it every time. Speaking of which, I think I'm going to try to visit Nicole up in Vancouver in early May. Do it. Yeah. I need to go up uh, because I have a, a Nexus interview scheduled. I'm like, well, I might as well just keep on going. If I'm going to go two hours up to, you know, the border, I might as well go the extra hour into Vancouver. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So real quickly, some more on this list, a company called Brooklyn Luthery with two women, uh, Chloe Swinotter, sorry about that pronunciation, and Marmy Minch. Gwen... Forrester, based out of Middle Tennessee, she makes guitars that are harvested from mostly salvaged materials, and when she does buy new wood for these guitars, uh, she uses timber that are sawn and dried herself. Um, Dang. Yeah, right? That's incredible. That's pretty intense. Yes, it it really is. And they're really cool-looking guitars. She uses... um, I've seen one of the pick cards she has is like a vinyl record. I'm like, that's so creative and looks really good and probably a lot easier to work with that material than traditional pick guard material, which I hear is kind of hard to shape and cut because it melts. Uh, Rachel Rosencrantz is another one. She's from Paris, but she's based out of um, Rhode Island. And there was even like the video on her homepage is of Anthony Bourdain waxing poetic about her. And I just love him. So I loved her immediately. Yeah. And uh, Cindy Guitars, who I follow on Instagram, just she takes guitars as art to another level. The carvings that she does on these instruments, Mm -hmm. stunning. Um, So those are your guitar builders. 
I'm going to do the uh, pedal companies really quickly. Um, Dwarfcraft devices, weird sounds that are so cool and just you'll fall in love and they're so inspirational to play. I love them. Uh, Co-owned by Louise uh, Hens, who was on the show. And was a delight to have on the show. She was so great. I'm not even, I'm not surprised, but like, ah, just sometimes you have those interviews with someone or those conversations and you just, ah, and they just turn out so well. Um, Recovery Effects is based in Seattle. Actually, weirdly, uh, they live a few blocks away from me, which is funny. That's a husband and wife duo that I'm going to try to get drinks with next weekend. Um, They have one that's a telephone microphone which is really cool. I've seen that in a couple shops, but I would like to try out some of their things. Um, Dr. Scientist, Big Ear, and Maris are all also owned by husband and wife teams. <clears throat> Earthquaker Devices, another husband and wife team, um, but Julie Robbins is their CEO. So yeah, women in C-level positions. Yep. Um, Red Panda, owned by a man, but from my understanding, he like they pretty much exclusively have women working there or at least they used to um frantone is a legend if you have ever played um the second version of the ehx big muff that was her work dang boom like i said legend um her signature fuzz that on her own brand is the peach fuzz (laughs) right (laughs) uh rabbit hole effects based out of durham north carolina uh, owned by Sophia Harrison. Uh, she's the self-proclaimed HBIC, which means I love her because I love that designation, HBIC. Uh, her One of her famous fuzz, fav, uh, most well-known fuzzes is the American fuzz. Get it? Strange, but I can roll with it. American? Mm-hmm. A hyphen. No, A apostrophe Merkin. Okay. Why even have the A? Why not? I, you know, I'm going to pick my battles. Yeah, swise. Uh, check out the 60 Cycle Hum YouTube channel. They did a video with her. Um, next, and I'm almost done, friends, I promise. Fuzrocious Petals co-owned by Shannon. Rege- oh, gosh. I'm not even going to. I'm sorry. I'm not going to. You can do it. You can do it. I believe in you. Red. Jiski? Rajeski? Rajeski. Yeah. It was a good good try. She probably hand paints more petals than anyone in the industry, and she's also been doing it the longest. And she's brought her daughters in on the game, which is pretty cool also. Aw. Uh, Phantom Chips, we talked about Sentham petals, and now accessories. Copper Piece, also based in Seattle. You, I promise, have seen her guitar straps. Um, they're ones with little um, pockets for a pick, just right where your heart would be. Um, mm-hmm. uh, she used to have a brick and mortar shop in Ballard in Seattle. And I went down there once. I showed her a picture of one of my guitars. And I said, I was hoping to get a strap for this. And she was like, oh, I know exactly what you need. Went back, grabbed a swatch of fabric and said, how does this look? Had it to me um, pretty quickly thereafter. Uh, they're not cheap, but man, these are nice straps. And uh, and um, Jaylen, just a great person. Love her to death. Um, and then Soldier, Soldier 
in Chicago, um, I believe is owned by a woman as well. And they make those really customizable um, seatbelt straps. And mm-hmm. I have one that's a Wilco strap. And mm. it's one of my favorites. I Once I went seatbelt strap, I, I love them so much. And I've bought other straps since then, but it's, that's my favorite now. I need to get a nice strap because none of my straps are. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry. Well, there's well, uh, yeah, those are two options for you. I will definitely consider. Yeah, copper piece ain't cheap, but I'm sure it will last a lifetime. That's the idea. Yeah, I think Phoebe Bridgers has one. Oh, crazy! Alanis Morissette definitely does. I think uh, Thunder play use them. That's a lo- local-ish band. Yeah, I didn't realize that before I moved up here, and then I heard someone mention that they were local. I was uh-huh. like, whoa. I remember uh, they used to sell a shirt called that said, Grab her by the Thunder. Yeah, I'm really proud of that little list. I want to put together more like it, so if there's anyone in the list that I missed, uh, let me know. I also want to know who are the women doing like YouTube demos, because I just think creating these resources could be really valuable to some people, because I know we've talked about this before, but representation is very important. Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, I think someone we should start with on that list should be uh, Anne Sulikowski. Oh, yeah. I mean, she is at the top of that list for me. Yeah. So I've got this this strange idea, if you don't mind me going and taking this idea for a walk here. Yeah. Um, so I, I really like that uh, the companies that had Ryan uh, Ryan Adams on as a signature artist. I like that they all dropped him. I like that JHS and Walrus are both working on rebadges and trying to figure out what's going on next for them. Uh, I really appreciate the statement that that makes. Uh, but once everybody's done sorting out the initial fallout, I'd love to see uh, JHS and Walrus and Benson um, bring on some bring on a a female signature artist to replace Ryan Adams completely oh, on the roster. I love that. I think that would be super rad. Yeah, um, I love that I idea. I don't obviously own any of those companies. I don't know what that would look like for them to do or what their process is for onboarding a signature artist, but I think that would be super rad to take that statement to the next level. Um, not that that's going to be something that's going to happen anytime immediately soon. I know JHS just um, this last week released the rebrand for the... Uh, for their Ryan Adams signature pedal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. They not really said anything immediate. I just want to throw that. If any, oh. if anybody from those companies is listening, please, I think that would be super cool. Yeah. And there are just so many options. Um, I, immediately my mind goes to um, like Julian Baker with Walrus because I know she already plays several of their pedals and adores them. And I know that they've had her, in at the shop and I just think she's one of the most inventive players currently just period um so I think that would be so great to see uh yeah what about you what what do you think would be a good pairing with someone like JHS I've got like a bunch of different uh artists that I have in my head and I don't know uh, if they're sponsored, who all they're sponsored by at this point in time. Yeah. I know one of my favorite folks to listen to as of late has been Yvette Young. Ooh, yes. And she's got a great ability just to take something really out, 
just make something sound so effortless, but you're watching what's actually getting played on the fretboard is it's like, how is that possible? I uh, just incredibly complex, get very melodic and very flowing mm-hmm. kind of rhythms and, and melodies and harmonies. And it's just, Oh, uh, it's so, it's a really neat experience just to sit down and watch a video of her playing through some stuff. Oh yeah. Um, she's one of my personal favorites too. I know she's in a touring band and uh, I think that would be great. I think, yeah, I, that, I think that's, I'll, I'll, I'll just leave it at that. I've got a m- bunch of different other artists mm-hmm. in my head. I know Sarah Lipstate is already taken for signature pedals. Yeah. Um, through um, the Moon Canyon. Oh, which is a fun, uh, which is a pedal I just adore. Um, I think uh, someone great for Fender would be, because I know that Fender was also working with Ryan on a signature Strat. Melanie Faye. Yeah, they're teasing at that. Melanie Faye. Oh, yeah. She'd be so perfect. She's always got a strat, it seems. And she's so crazy talented. Um, I just I hope somebody like snatches her up and, and does something something cool with her because she's the future. I firmly believe that. One hundred percent. And yeah, talk about swagger and soul and just pure emotion going into playing mm, i mean yeah yeah i'm glad that she's so. getting you know the recognition that i feel like she's deserved um those are all newer players but i'd love to see someone who's been around the block a little bit uh like mary timoney gets get a cool pedal or a guitar or an amp because she's just a genius i think one it was one of her um professors or teachers at whatever highly acclaimed art school she went to said you can't teach what she has that's pretty darn cool yeah so those those are some those are some excellent picks i think that we've got there and i hope that uh someone listens and thinks it's also a good idea uh one other person i can think of is mary spender (gasps) oh yeah she's so good i love her videos she's very much about she's very much about songwriting which is really cool. I think it would be super cool to see some sort of a collaboration there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think maybe Benson could be a great choice. Yeah. I don't know. I, I hear I, I'm just talking about making business decisions for companies that I don't work yeah, for. Yeah, true. But. And I was about to say, I think that Lindsay L, like I know Wampler has a Paisley drive. She's pretty country. Like maybe they could do a little something with, uh, with her. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Um, but yeah, anyways, so that's my that's what my thought is on moving forward with the Ryan Adams fallout and wanting to see uh, this turn into a very positive yeah. move for the entire industry. Yeah. Which I think it, it's already had that direction. I think we've seen uh, – I'm pretty excited with the progress that we're seeing uh, to focus on all the positives we're seeing. Me too, and I think that if, if anything good could come out of bad situations, I welcome it. If multiple good things can come out of bad situations, that's great. Um, something that I kind of want to do is, I, I know I've talked about being a Ryan Adams fan for since I was 12, um, but I've assembled all my Ryan Adams records, my Ryan Adams shirts, posters, all that kind of stuff. Um, I want to put it in a pile and take a picture uh, just to show how easy it is to like get rid of the stuff. Um I have a Ryan Adams sweater 
and it's one of my favorite things and I didn't want to get rid of it because it reminds me of like the last show I went to in Nashville with my mom was seeing Ryan at the the Ryman Auditorium and my sweet husband uh he originally was going to go with me and she was coming into town he said just you know what just just take your mom this is such a thing that you two have always done together uh so I took her and we had a really great night so I didn't want to get rid of that sweater but what I did was I bought a a shirt that Phoebe Bridgers had on her website and I'm going to cut around um cut her name out of that shirt and sew it to the back of uh the Ryan Adams hoodie and I'm gonna put uh I think maybe a Nico case or Gillian Welsh patch over the front logo and that ladies and gentlemen is what we like to refer to as punk rock yeah, it's it's hard when you have so many memories with an artist that aren't all associated with that artist. Uh, for me, I have a lot of right. memories with Ryan Adams be- with with my mom. Like I have memories of going to his, he had like an art gallery thing in New York and my mom came up one weekend and we went to the gallery and we bought a poster and my brother had it framed for um, when, when we got when we bought the house, it was his housewarming gift to us was to frame this particular poster. Uh, So that's the one thing that I think is going to be really difficult to um, take down just because that's not the association I have with it. Isn't Ryan Adams. It's my family. Well, that's very understandable. I Um, hope so. I don't think anyone's going to judge you for that. Uh, At least you don't have a Ryan Adams tattoo. Oh, that's why I don't get tattoos, Andrew. <laughs> so true story. I was, uh, I remember the, where I was when I found out about the allegations against the, the member of brand oh, new. Oh yeah. That one screwed up a lot of people. A, I was at work and one of my, um, coworkers who's probably the, the one that I was one of the most friendly with and, this poor dude had brand new tattoos oh, up and down his right oh, arm. No. His right arm was de- like, like half dedicated to brand new album art and stuff like that. All up oh, and down. Oh, and it's and it's all and, the statutory rapist. Oh no. Yeah. So just all over his arm, and he just the look on his face as he's just sitting there reading on his phone the as everything's coming out like while we're at work. Um, and I assume he immediately believed the women, right? He was a meat. Yeah, oh yeah. He was just like, oh my goodness, like, geez, I don't. And yeah, we went out to lunch after. I mean, good on good um, on him for. But I, what I think would be brilliant is that if if and I'm sure some tattoo shops do this. If you have a tattoo of someone who ends up being like a a monster, it'd be really nice to get a discount on a tattoo to cover up that garbage. Like, I think of all the people who definitely um, have tattoos that say, oh, my sweet Carolina. If a tattoo shop could be like, I'll give you a discount on on covering that up because you shouldn't have to associate yourself the rest of your life with um, an abusive person. Right. And that'd be nice. Well, anywho. Or just make make friends with tattoo artists because they're typically wonderful people. Or you could just do it the old-fashioned way and you get AI. Uh, a seven gauge string and a ballpoint. Don't pen. do that. Don't, don't recommend that. I don't, we cannot recommend that. Do not do that. Listeners don't, you're going to get an infection. 
don't I, I I can't say I recommend doing it, but I can say that I have at least one coworker who has a number of stick and pokes oh. that they did on themselves. Dude, I, did I tell you I used to do airbrush tattoos at a theme park for my job? Like that was my job growing up. No. Yeah, I used to do airbrush tattoos, and every once in a while, like the most expensive tattoo we sold was twenty dollars. Yes, that is expensive for something that lasts a day. Um, but those were the big ones. But occasionally someone would come up to me and be like, what they cost? And I'd say, the prices range from 6 to $20. And they'd be like, and they'd scoff and be like, I get a real tattoo for that. <laughs> like, not anywhere that you should get a real tattoo. Should not, you, should not you anywhere get, that's not going to give you happy Yeah, like you should not buy a tattoo the size of a boxing glove for $20. They pull out the razors. They, they pull out the razors, start prepping the site, and they're they're rusty and... Once a ten year old boy came up and he's like, "How much?" He's like, "What they cost?" I'm like, uh, six, six, 20 bucks." And he's like, "Well, I got me a real one." I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, sure you do." And uh, for mm-hmm. the accent, I, I, I'm from rural Ohio. This theme park was not the classiest of theme parks. Um, but later, the kid came back and said, "You don't believe me, do you?" I'm like, "Here, I'm a calorie. He's like, "I'm 12." I'm like, "No, I don't believe you have a real tattoo." And he pulls up his sleeve and hands a god. He had a little devil boy tattoo on his arm and it looked and I'm sure this is what happened. Like someone's funny uncle gave him a tattoo in the basement with a tattoo gun or a stick and poke because wow, who gives a child a permanent little cartoon tattoo? That's pretty frightening. Yeah. Um, At the same time, that's almost that's also humorous because I am so removed from the situation. (laughs) Uh, I'm, I'm, I'll be laughing about that. No, later. I laugh about it sometimes. I feel bad for that kid, but I, don't, I think that kid felt pretty good about that tattoo at the time. Reminds you of the the kids from Talladega Nights. <gasps> They're like, "I'm all jacked up, Mountain Dew. We just threw Grandpa's war medals off the bridge." Anarchy. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but I love it. <laughs> exactly, that's my favorite. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. kind of that's what I'm imagining right this moment <laughs> when I think of. A 12-year-old with a devil tattoo on the shoulder. Yeah, there were actually some girls in my middle school, now that I think about it, who on their 13th birthday, their dads took them to get tattoos, like tramp stamp. I'm sorry, I shouldn't say that. It took them to get tattoos, like, on their lower back. Yeah. Bad. I'm sorry. Like, come on. 13 is too young to do anything permanent. It's too young to do anything permanent. I still couldn't get a tattoo because I couldn't decide. I joked to my husband I want to get a tattoo that, that says, I don't want to dick around, I just want to devastate. He doesn't think it's as funny as I do. I probably side with, with Rick on that one. <laughs> Listeners, if you just if you think I should get that tattoo, let me know. On that note. On that note, yeah, let's uh why don't we put the kibosh on this one? Yes. It's a beautiful day in Seattle and I would like to enjoy it. Yeah, it's it's a it's a great day out, and I've I've got a photo shoot to do. Hopefully, while there's still some natural light, and nice. I think before actually no, before I do that, I might go to the zoo. <gasps> we'll see. Yes. No, no, yeah, that'd be so fun. Um, yeah. So everybody listening, thanks for listening, and thanks for understanding. Alrighty, bye. Bye. bye.